the USFL and the XFL might merge, another Saints player got suspended. Players are getting death threats. The SEC suspended players for the Tennessee-Florida brawl. Mel Tucker is officially fired. Lane Kiffin thinks Alabama has a new defensive coordinator. Injuries are piling up in the NFL. The Broncos are still bad at clock management. And with Bryce Young out, do you think this will cause a spark for the Carolina Panthers? All this and more on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I am your host, Jacob Silman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake Silb 14. Joining me later on for Christy's Corner is my co-host, Christy, and you can follow her on Instagram, TikTok, and threads at Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sorts of different forms and varieties. At the time of this recording, it is Thursday, and it's the 21st of September, which means happy Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, everyone. Because we have to remember the 21st night of September. Obviously very iconic, you know, such a great song. Earth, Wind & Fire, probably one of the best bands in, you know, history, especially from the 70s and 80s. You know, just truly iconic. If you have a chance, please listen to them today. It would be terrific. But anyway, enough history for that. Let's move on to some sports. And first and foremost, we've got an exciting one. A USFL and XFL merger. Now, you might be wondering, why would they merge? Well, here's the thing. The XFL apparently was really struggling this year. And, I mean, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought the XFL, and they did pretty well. You know, here's the thing about the XFL and the USFL. They're meant to be leagues that bridge you to the NFL. It was never meant to compete unlike it was back in the 80s and the early 2000s. With the USFL, it would compete with the NFL, you know, players like Jim Kelly, Steve Young, Herschel Walker. It kind of gave that second opportunity. Whereas now, you have these players who are going to use their opportunities in the XFL and the USFL and try to get a tryout, try and get a contract with a team. So it's more strategic and more of a business. In fact, right now, the player who leads the team in, I mean, even the league in field goal percentage, who's tied for first, is Brandon Aubrey, who played for the Birmingham Stallions last season. So I feel like with it, it's very important to see that this could actually be a very big deal in regards to how you maintain the USFL and XFL. Now, what do we call it? You know, I jokingly said that we call it the USXL or the UFXL or something like that, you know, we really don't know. We could call it anything or anything really. But I think with this, it comes down to a few other questions such as which teams are staying. Now, here's the thing when it comes to the USFL and the XFL, you can't keep everyone. That's okay. You know, things happen. But even looking at the USFL teams and seeing how many teams we have there, then we can decide necessarily who should stay or not. And that's not meant to be a bad thing or anything right here. So obviously, when you look at the USFL, they have, I believe, eight teams. And those eight teams are the Birmingham Stallions, the Houston Gamblers, the Michigan Panthers, the New Jersey Generals, the New Orleans Breakers, the Philadelphia Stars, the Pittsburgh Maulers, and the Memphis Showboats. Obviously, the Birmingham Stallions are the back-to-back champions, And we have some good representation when it comes to teams in the South with Birmingham, New Orleans, and Memphis. Memphis also has the Grizzlies, New Orleans has the Saints, and the Pelicans. So I think with this, we're off to a good start here. 
Now let's look at the XFL with their teams. So in their teams, I believe with them, they have eight teams as well. They do. I just checked. They have eight teams. Now, not too many of them are in the South. You know, you've got Arlington, which is in the Arl- Ar- which is in Texas, Houston Roughnecks, Orlando Guardians, San Antonio Brahmas, DC Defenders, Seattle Dragons, St. Louis Battlehawks, and Vegas Vipers. You don't really have a lot of teams in the South there, so maybe this merger could be good. You know, you have teams from Birmingham playing in Vegas. That could be really big for the market there, too. Another thing that I noticed is that there's a lot of different watch people who watch different types of sports in Birmingham. So that's huge. This merger could also be really big for Birmingham as well. Birmingham hosted the World Games. So maybe this merger could work. But we'll keep you updated on that. You know, it's not meant for the NFL because it's still going to play in the spring. But still, this could be really big and beneficial for other teams as well. We'll just kind of have to see what happens in the future for the USFL, XFL, and whatever they decide to call it. Now, on to our next point, which is in regards to the New Orleans Saints. Now, the Saints, even though they are 2-0, they just had that really big win against the Panthers, who they sometimes struggle to beat when they play in Charlotte. They did receive some news in regards to one of their players, Marcus May, being suspended for three games. Now, he was suspended due to performance enhancing substances and violating the substance of policy for the NFL. But this is definitely, you know, a big loss. Now, I know that with this team, you have a very talented secondary, you have a very talented defense, but Marcus May is a very big part of it. You know, he is the other safety. You look at the defensive backs and you've got him. You've also got Tyron Matthew. Then you have Marshawn Lattimore, Alante Taylor, just to name a few. And then you have Paulson Adebo. So then it leads up to the other question of who steps up for this team. Could they slide Alante or Paulson in? Could they promote Jonathan Abram from the practice squad? Would they, you know, use one of their rookies? There are a lot of ideas here. But there's also some concern as well, because this is the third player on the Saints who has been suspended. Jake Hayner, the third string rookie, was just suspended. You also have Alvin Kamara, who will be back after this last game and be back by week four. Now, it's only for three weeks, but still, this is, you know, a very big loss for the Saints defense because they're playing the Packers. And you saw what Jordan Love could do in his first start, and then he did pretty well in his second start. But it can bring up some concerns here. Now, the defense, I think, should be fine. You know, they still have great pass rushers. And they have a lot of players who will step up. But still, you know, this is something where you need to send a message. You know, this is your third player who's been suspended. And I feel like Dennis Allen will get the mind right because he is known for his defense. But still, I look at this and think, hey, you know, what kind of culture do we want for the Saints? What kind of culture do we want in New Orleans? Because if we have three players suspended, that might be three too many. And what if it impacts our ability to win or play together as a team? You have to think of these questions when you are looking at the culture and the chemistry you have in these teams. Now, this is a point that I was struggling for a while to discuss. The reason being is because this is a point that I never thought I would have to discuss. And it's hard for me. As someone who loves sports and someone who is very passionate about watching it and, you know, having so many friendships made from sports, 
what I've heard in the news recently has not been ideal. There are players who are receiving death threats. There are players who are receiving racist remarks. Alexander Madison, to begin with, received a racist remark for his performance in the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in last week's game. You know, he didn't run the ball very well. He fumbled. He had some trouble. It happens. Athletes have some off games. He received DMs on social media telling him that he plays terribly and that he should have been gone and not Dalvin Cook and saying a lot of negative stuff. And you have to think, you know, what do these athletes go through for something like this to happen? You know, what do they deserve? Yes, they can have bad games, but they're people too. But then it gets worse because on Saturday, Travis Hunter got hurt. He was injured against the Colorado Rams I mean, the Colorado State Rams. And then from this right here, players started to give death threats to the person who hurt him. And then with Travis Hunter, he said, hey, please stop doing that. You know, that's kind of ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why these players are getting so much hate for what's going on here, but it needs to stop. You know, you look at something like this and you think, hey, you know, why are we talking to them like this? Henry Blackburn basically had his phone number, his parents' phone number put online and people have been calling him and saying that it's all his fault. Do not do that. This is why I think it's important for us to say something. They're just people. They're people like us. If we mess up at our job, do we get death threats? No. So why should they get death threats? It is a game. It is a passion. And this is getting out of hand. I know that some people may not like the idea of losing a fantasy. I understand that. I don't like to lose a fantasy either. But I would never DM someone, a professional athlete, and give them death threats or say racist remarks. We need to stop. We look up to these players and we are setting a bad example. If we are going to talk to these players like this who put their lives on the field and many people have trouble playing sports later on or can't do certain things like they used to and this is how we treat them, unacceptable. We need to do better. We need to make a difference and we need to care about these players because they make the sport that we love so much more enjoyable. And with it being Friday, it means that it's time for Christie's Corner. Everyone gather around as she breaks down some topics in regards to college football, the NFL, and really all this drama that's been going on with football in the past few weeks. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Welcome back to another episode of Christie's Corner. We have a lot of, I mean, they are football-related stories, but a lot of them aren't much to do with football. They're things drama surrounding football. So the first story I think we've all seen by now, but just a few highlights from it. The SEC has suspended three Florida players and one Tennessee player for the first half of their upcoming game. This is due to the fight that ensued at the end of the Tennessee-Florida game. So... It's Florida offensive lineman Damian George and Micah Mazuka and their tight end Dante Zanders. And that will be against Saturday's game against Charlotte. And then Tennessee's player that was suspended was 
defensive lineman Omar Norman Lott, and he's going to miss the first half of Saturday game against UTSA. So obviously we saw the fight that broke out after the volunteers called the timeout with a couple uh, seconds left. Um, And then Florida's quarterback kind of scrambled around and took a knee and Tennessee's lineman ran into him and knocked him down. So obviously people always are going to defend the quarterback. It was, I don't know, it was almost a laughable moment. And I know fights and unsportsmanlike conduct is not laughable, but just because of the nature of the game, it was very laughable, especially all the memes that are coming out now with the two players who have their hands up in front of their faces. Like It's like they forget they have helmets on and they're probably going to break their fists before they break someone else's face. But what do I know? The next story is even messier. So we have touched on Mel Tucker with Michigan State. Um, his status right now is that he is suspended from being the head football coach. This is due to some, I guess, claims that he sexually harassed someone who was involved with the team. It was a sexual assault awareness speaker. Um, and we went into more details about that, but, On Monday, Michigan State sent him a letter of intention that he would be fired and he was given seven days to respond to this notification and he did. He said there are other motives at play and there has been a bias against him throughout this whole process. So you'll remember we said this is not a new story. I think this first broke in March, but obviously investigations take time. So... The thing that Mel Tucker is questioning with their other intentions at play is because by firing him, Michigan State would avoid paying him what's left on his contract, which is more than $79 million. So basically saying they are just looking for an easy way out to not have to pay him out, even though this case has not been settled. So I don't think this is the end of this story. I think it's going to be super messy I do think he's going to be terminated. I don't think he's going to continue to coach at Michigan State. And it just depends on what happens with this case if we're going to see him coach anywhere else in college football any longer. So we know we have a huge game coming up for Alabama this weekend. It's Alabama versus Ole Miss. And of course, it's Saban versus Kiffin. And if you know Lane Kiffin, you know he's going to stir the pot somehow. And he has. So he has put out the rumor that Kevin Steele is not actually calling the defensive plays for Alabama. He thinks that it's somebody else, which... I laugh because why would it be somebody else? But also Lane Kiffin knows what he's doing. And he said he watched the game, the last game that Alabama played, and he saw someone else making the plays. And this is T-Rob. If you don't know who T-Rob is, this is Traveris Robinson. And 
I don't know how to feel about this. I think I would feel different. By the way, this is the cornerbacks coach. So I would feel different if we weren't going to be playing <laughs> Ole Miss this weekend. Lane Kiffin kind of knows how to play mind games and get in your head. And Nick Saban actually did respond to this claim. He said, these rumors are floating around there, but Kevin Steele is the defensive coordinator. He has all the responsibilities of the defensive coordinator. And that, yes, of course, they've worked on their gameplay and their game plans for defense. But the only thing that they have done is getting the play calls out quicker, the play signals. So he says Kevin Steele still has complete control of his defense. The interesting thing that comes back to me that there is some truth to this and Kiffin does know what he's talking about is that his current defensive coordinator is Pete Golding which obviously just came from Alabama so maybe he's hearing some things from Pete he's watching Alabama who knows but I also think it's just something he's putting out there to distract Alabama or try to do so. So if you have a fantasy football league, you are probably hurting. I know I do. Fortunately, none of my players have been hit by the injury bug, but there's plenty that have. By the way, I'm in second place in my league, so go me. Beating Jacob, sorry. But there are some huge names who are injured now, so this is going to shake things up. Obviously, we have Nick Chubb. I think everybody saw that injury. Um, they were not allowed to replay it on ESPN because it was so gruesome, but the video gets out there. So thoughts and prayers are with him. I also saw that they may be signing Kareem Hunt to replace him, which I'm cheering for Kareem Hunt because I kind of alluded to that over the summer that some of these running backs and other players who didn't have an assignment were kind of waiting for somebody. I mean, you don't want anybody to get injured, but... It happened, so they were waiting for this to happen, so we might see him back on the field. Another one is Bryce Young. He has some kind of ankle injury. There's not too many specifics yet, but they are expecting him to miss um, week three for his next game. And, of course, the biggest one now coming out today is Trayvon Diggs with the Cowboys. He's out all season. I think it was an ACL tear, so... It's interesting because these injuries are not like small injuries. They're huge, like season-ending injuries. And I know a lot of people are saying NFL needs to bring back grass. I've been a big proponent of that for a while. I think the turf, the AstroTurf does a lot of damage. So um, I'd be interested to see if Roger Goodell comes out anytime soon to put his input in on all of these injuries. Um, and then we have the Broncos. They have not been bitten so bad by the injury bug, but they don't know how to use a clock. So they have gotten so many penalties, delay of game, late starts, all of those penalties that you get when you have terrible clock management. But good thing is they know it and they are going to try to do some things to improve. So most people before this season would have blamed the clock management issues on their former coach, Nathaniel Hackett. But since the problem is still there, still present, of course, their new coach, um, 
Sean Payton did take some responsibility, but he also put some responsibility back on Russell Wilson. And they are going to try to do some things to help. So they're going to bring in some simpler play verbiage. So using not so lengthy explanations for a play and words. And they're actually going to bring wristbands for longer plays. I don't know what these wristbands might look like. Maybe they're going to have certain symbols or the verbiage will be on these wristbands. It'll be interesting to see if it works and how much improvement that it lends itself to. So look for that when you watch the Broncos. See if it's working. Maybe if it does, other teams will pick it up. Who knows? And finally, we're going to pick some SEC games for the weekend. So obviously the biggest one everyone's going to be watching is Ole Miss versus Alabama. And we're going to be watching this one for a few different reasons. It's a rivalry game. It's Saban versus Lane Kiffin. Maybe he'll bring the popcorn again. I'm sure he'll do something. But this is also Alabama's chance to kind of prove themselves and prove all the naysayers wrong And this is going to be their last chance to make their way back into the top 10. So I'm obviously hesitant, but I am going to pick Alabama. I still have faith in them. I still trust Saban. Then we have Tennessee versus UTSA. Obviously, I'm going to go with Tennessee here. But I don't know that I'm going to look for them to blow this quote-unquote cupcake team out of the water. So look for it to maybe be closer than you would expect. Next one is Charlotte versus Florida. Florida's coming off a huge win, so I think they're going to be running on adrenaline, so I'm going to go with Florida there. Another huge game is going to be LSU versus Arkansas. Arkansas is not ranked right now, but I mean, I feel like anytime you have two teams of this caliber playing each other, it's going to be close, but I'm still going to go with LSU here. And then you have Georgia versus UAB. I would love for this to be a struggle win for Georgia. I do think they'll be able to pull it out. But again, love it for it to be a struggle win. So some exciting games coming up and we will recap them for you next week. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. It's always great to hear from you in regards to these things. It's very interesting to see what Lane Kiffin is doing. I don't know if he's playing mind games or not. And also I checked, I'm ahead of you in fantasy. So there is that. So we'll just have to see how things go. But also, yeah, you know, I'm excited for this week of games. Obviously, you know, we feel very bad for all the injuries, especially to Nick Chubb, Trayvon Diggs, just to name a few, we've also got Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Saquon Barkley is going to be out for a little bit. We really hope that everyone gets better soon. But moving on now to our pick games for the SEC. Obviously, let's take a look here to see what we've got. So obviously, we've got Auburn, Texas A&M. I really don't like either one. I mean, the coaches for both teams aren't the best people. But I feel like I have to go with Texas A&M here. I mean, we'll just kind of have to be on the lookout there. Vanderbilt, Kentucky. I'm going Kentucky. I just feel like Vanderbilt can't really compete here. UTSA, Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee here. Arkansas, LSU. I'm going LSU here. But I wouldn't be surprised if Arkansas keeps it close. 
Florida Charlotte, Florida's back in the top 25. I'm going Florida. Georgia UAB, shout out to the city I live in, in Birmingham, but I'm going to go Georgia here. Memphis, Missouri, I'm going with Missouri here. Battle of two teams that are 3-0. South Carolina, Mississippi State. I feel like with this one, I should go with Mississippi State. I feel like they can get it done. And we've got Alabama, Ole Miss. I'm I'm going for Alabama here. Now, they just named Jalen Milrow the starter for the rest of the season and Ty Simpson the backup. Now, if Jalen Milrow can play to his strengths and they can run the RPO or run plays designed for him, they should be good. But this is a big asterisk. The defense has come to play. They look great. Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell look very dominant. But right now, they just need to play a very perfect game. They also need to make sure that they're putting pressure on Jackson Dart throughout these this game. And remember, these games end up being very close sometimes when playing Lane Kiffin. And I know that Christy loves Lane Kiffin. Now, obviously, let's move on to the NFL. Obviously, the Giants-49ers game just ended, and the 49ers won there. We've got the Saints and Packers. I'm going with the Saints here because I'm a Saints fan. But also, this team has three wide receivers who already have 100 yards. And this team looks really great if they can keep moving forward. Titans-Browns, I don't know about this. I feel like I should go with the Titans here. I know that the Browns just lost Nick Chubb. That's a big blow to lose. So I feel like the Titans are the right choice here. Falcons-Lions... Turn of events, I'm going with the Falcons. The Falcons are 2-0 right now. They seem to be firing on most cylinders. I think Arthur Smith has them right where he wants them. So let's see what they can do here. And obviously with the Panthers and the Seahawks, I'm sorry, I'm going with the Seahawks. But moving on to our final point, which is in regards to the Carolina Panthers, they just announced that Bryce Young is not going to be playing this upcoming game. So no Bryce Young, no problem, right? Wrong. Here's the thing with the Carolina Panthers. Because you don't have Bryce Young, that means everything changes in this locker room. You have Andy Dalton being the backup. Andy Dalton's a good quarterback, but can he win you games? As someone who watched Andy Dalton play in many games for the Saints last year, not necessarily. Now, could this give this team a spark? Maybe this team has done well enough. However, you also have the injuries. J.C. Horn on the defense is on injured reserve. Shaq Thompson is now out for the year. Brian Burns was a little shaken up in last week's game. This is also against a Seattle team who's pretty good. You've got D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Kenneth Walker, and you've got some also pretty good defensive players too. So I necessarily... Don't know what's going to happen. Now, are they doing the right thing with holding Bryce back? Sure. Bryce hurt his ankle. He also looked a little confused on one of the plays where he lined up underneath the guard and Miles Sanders had to tell him to go to a little bit to the left. But I think with this, they're doing the right thing. Remember, this is a team that they want to make sure they're preparing Bryce for the future and for all the correct insight and correct plays moving forward. Now, what does this mean for the culture? Bryce is still going to be a very big part of this team. It's still his team. He's just resting, and Andy Dalton will take over for the time being. But it worries me because also with this right now, Bryce Young is still a rookie, 
And then it comes down to questions of what if they rally around Andy Dalton more? That would be a big, you know, if. Now, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. But right now, the Panthers are 0-2. They look like they might be 0-3. They need to find a way to get it together. And they need that spark. And maybe when Bryce is finally back fully healthy, that could be that spark. But that was going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for the love and support. We could not have grown without y'all. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake'sO14. You can follow Christy on Instagram, TikTok, at Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports in different forms and varieties. And you can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're basically on all podcast platforms. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We really appreciate everything that y'all are doing. We are so excited to be back during football season. This is one of the best times of the year and making sure that we bring content to everyone here and keeping y'all engaged. And as always, as always, as always, continue to be great. Be the best version that you can be. Bring smiles into this world. Be a light in this world. The world is still a very scary place and needs our help. And as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care.